Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a subscriber to the Podbean channel or to any other place where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And thank you so much for giving me your likes, your comments, your suggestions. All of that is so much appreciated. And, um, and I look forward to hopefully meeting a lot of you in the St. Louis area on Saturday, April 27th when my fellow Aloris Publishing author, Rebecca Jaycox, and I will be at Barnes & Noble at West County Center. We will be there at 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and we will be signing copies of both our parts one and two of our trilogies. Um, I obviously have Excelsior and Ever Upward, part two of the Excelsior journey, and Rebecca has The Other Inheritance and her sequel, The Other Queen. And the fun part is both of us are hard at work at our part threes. She is working on The Other War. I am working on Greater Glory, part three of the Excelsior journey. So we got a whole lot going on. And speaking of a whole lot going on, in, on uh, May 4th, there is going to be a really fun gathering to celebrate the launch of the next stage of this podcast. When I first started this, it was part of the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. As life tends to do, life tends to change. And it is now part of the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. And that URL is going to reflect that very shortly. And uh, in preparation for our big launch on Sunday, May 5th, a big reason why I am so excited for this particular episode is because on this first week of April, with just a few weeks to go before we, we finally get to full-on explode the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network, I say we because my guest for this week is a big reason why a lot of, uh, a lot of things are happening for me. Um, he is uh, someone that I strongly consider a very good friend, and I'm uh, thrilled to say that I am now a partner with him on the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. Um, if, uh, in case you don't know about St. Louis, it has a wonderful writing community. And that's actually the same, uh, the same that goes for the entire state of Missouri. I didn't know this when I came here in 2011. And it was when Excelsior got accepted by Rocking Horse Publishing for its second edition. That's when I knew just how wonderful a community of writers is in the St. Louis area and Missouri in general. And everyone here, they always support each other. They always uh, motivate each other. Um, they always bounce ideas off of each other. And in, term, in, case of, uh, in the case of Right Pack Radio, they podcast with each other. And that was the case uh, several years ago when David Lucas and his partner, uh, Kathleen Kayambe, put together a weekly roundtable discussion called Right Pack Radio. And in 2016, I was invited to join Right Pack Radio as a full-on member of the, of the Right Pack. 
And it was, uh, it was something that I was very, very proud of and still am to this day. And it was because of that community being so welcome for me, that's what gave me the confidence that I could actually pull off a podcast on my own. And that led to joining up with David and at first being part of the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network, but it is now the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. And we have so many plans for this. I can't wait to share all this with you. Um, but this, for this particular episode, we're going to talk to the man himself. Uh, he is not only an, uh, an author and a podcast producer himself, but he is also the esteemed president of the St. Louis Writers Guild. Um, and we're also going to talk about how long he has been the president of the St. Louis Writers Guild, because as long as I've known him, for, um, he has at least been an officer at the guild and of and uh much longer than that he's been president so i'm looking forward to uh to chatting you know to getting to know david on that level i'm looking forward to introducing you to all of that uh so without further ado let me introduce you to my guest this week david allen lucas david how are you sir i'm doing good and thank you for that introduction i'm feeling a little bit more even more humble than normal <laughs> but- <laughs> That's a well, lot. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's that's what I've uh, that's what I've been told. Um, a, a lot of people tend to tend to enjoy my introductions, while <laughs> um, others may say it's a little bit long. But at the same time, this is my opportunity to introduce so many great people to the world. And yeah, I'm going to talk them up a little bit before I, before I share the before I get um, hand them the mic. So that's kind of the way I roll. Um, I appreciate it. So yes, we are just about a month away from launching uh, the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. And if you are already a subscriber to Excelsior Journeys, and I really hope you are, uh, that means that you are going to have access to Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network seven days a week. You're going to have seven, um, once, the pot, once the network is fully booked up, Right. Um, and, uh, and we are, you know, in the process of, uh, you know, taking pitches from other potential podcasting hosts who have an idea that will match what the mission statement for Winding Trails Media is. Um, so with that in mind, David, tell our listeners, what exactly is the mission statement for Winding Trails Media? It is to explode the human potential. Yep. You heard it. You heard it right here, folks. Um, what we are talking about is everything that, you know, if you are an inspired to pursue something, you have a home here. And that's really what this is all about. You know, like you, if there is something that is driving you, that wants you, that is basically pushing you to succeed creatively, then this is, this is where you want to be. This is where you want to listen. This is where you want to download. This is where you want to subscribe. And in some cases, this is where you want to host your own podcast. So we are looking forward to hearing from all of you. And David, let me, uh, let me go ahead and just, uh, I, I feel like I've already done quite a bit of talking so far. So let's, let's go back to the beginning for you, for, um, for you as a creator, as a content creator, as, a, as an author, as someone who truly loves writers the way that you do. Uh, which you obviously you obviously do considering everything you've done for the St. Louis Writers Guild. So um, let's start at the very beginning. What was your lightning strike moment that made you point to the writing community 
and say, I want to be a part of that. Wow, that is a, I think probably for a lot of writers out there, as other creatives, it's where, it's a chicken and egg question. Where did it all start? And oddly, I would say, I would say the germ of the egg itself started in third grade, but actually hid in seventh grade. Um, I wrote a completely horrible short story based on Dracula back in third grade. It was a, it was a Hollywood, it was a Halloween thing. I still remember writing it. I couldn't tell you the whole story about it. And then in seventh grade, I wrote my first novel by hand. And believe me, you can imagine a seventh grader um, style. Yeah, it, it, well, it, trust me, it's burned. You never, you'll never see the light of day. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I did the same thing when I was in ninth grade. I, I wrote my, my first one by hand, and it was basically, as I've said before, it's reverse fan fiction. I was ripping off every storyline under the, un, you know, like under the under the sun. Yeah, I hear and, you. Well, the first no, the first novel I wrote was a fantasy, and Mister Seventh Grade version of me thought it was really funny. It was humorous to name my knight in the story, Sir Comference. Oh boy! Yes, math joke. <laughs> Sorry, people. Um. But I really, at first, writing was a outlet for me. It was therapy in a lot of ways. I'm sure that's also the same with a lot of writers. I, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and share. Let me jump well in advance. We've talked about Winding Trails Media, um, podcast network. I've got a podcast that's going to, a new podcast that's going to start in May after our launch. And it's all about exploring the human potential all about exploring ourselves, our world, and our universe. And a lot of that comes from the pain that was from back then. Sorry, wow, here I go getting choked up on you. Sorry about that. Um, point That's blank, right. That's right. in elementary school, I was encouraged to drop out. Really? Yeah. Oh, and in middle school, encouraged to drop out. Ooh. High school, I was encouraged to drop out. And by the way, this was not by my parents. My parents fought. It was by teachers and some administrators. Mm. And when you tell it to your face, it's a good idea to drop out, David. You know, it, no. And what that, was, what that stemmed from was from some learning disabilities I had. And hilariously, I do mean that hilariously, the learning disabilities is recognized in the state of Missouri where we're at is in, hand, is in writing and spelling. Hmm. Of course, which are two things right. we rely on yeah. in, our, in our work. But, of course, writing part of it was not being able to sit down and type. It was handwriting. Mm -hmm. Well, they thought back then that that level, if, if you were learning disabled, that meant you were, I, excuse me, I, this, I don't know if this is still the correct term. I'm just, I'm using old term, mentally retarded or just this shy of it, which is not true. Learning right. disabled usually have a higher than average level of intelligence. In high school, I forced them to retest me. I'm not going to talk about all the test scores, but give you an idea. The teachers didn't believe it, by the way. They didn't believe a test. They had me take it four times. My, as a ninth grade kid, I had a understanding of mathematics, general science, history, was somewhere around junior level college. My reading comprehension was doctoral level. My spelling and my handwriting, I'm not sure which one was which, but one was fourth grade, one was sixth grade. 
That wow. shocked the heck out of a lot of teachers. And this whole entire talk about dropping out of school ended yeah. with that. And I'm here to tell you, I've got a master's degree. There you go. There so, you go. And the writing during that time period, it was childish writing. I admit it. I, I know it was. But that's what got me started on the road. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be until 2008 when I finally learned about the writing community here in St. Louis. And really? we, yeah. I learned about it by accident. I was a coworker of mine whose son had actually joined St. Louis Writers Guild. I don't know when, but he had then left and he had changed states and all that. But she had told me about him. And I first went to my first meeting in 2008, fell in love with the meeting, fell in love with the group right away. And in the same year, probably not even three months later, I became the um, chairman for membership, which eventually became a board position, Mm -hmm. went up to vice president of membership. And then I've been president of St. Louis Writers Guild since 2015. I knew it was, I, I, wasn't sure whether, whether it was um, 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah. I know it had been, it's been a couple of years yeah. already, you know, since you've, uh, since you've been president. And I can say um, now, granted, you know, like I've, you know, the me, the meetings that I've been to, um, I've been to events, you know, since, you know, before, before you were, uh, before you were uh, St. Louis Writers Guild president, but the workshops, the monthly workshops, um, and writers in the park, all those things, um, those things I experienced after you, you became president during your time there. Mm. And I got to say, you know, like if you have ever thought about really seriously thought about being a writer, you need to come to these monthly workshops. They will do nothing but inspire you. They will motivate you. Whatever wall is in front of you in terms of a writer's block, like it will put a wrecking ball to it. And I strongly recommend you guys come out and, uh, and be a part of that. And if you're not in St. Louis, by the way, St. Louis Writers Guild, don't let the name sound like it limits you. We have... Uh, members who are international and a lot of our workshops if you're a member I, I have to emphasize that because we don't share this out to the general public but we record a lot of the workshops and we keep those uh, two or three at a time they do come down but they're kept in the member room which is password protected but if you're a member you've got the password you're able to go in there and you're able to at least listen to the workshops and get the same information. There you go. Yeah, I mean that's that is I mean that that is such, that is such a great resource to to have because you do get to in some way participate even when you're not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, just as just as with anything, it does you know it does really uh, benefit you if you are you know like in the St. Louis area. And, you know, it, it definitely benefits you to be there because then you get to add the networking element along to it. And that's, that's something that's, you know, obviously you can do that virtually, you know, on, you know, throughout social media, you can go ahead and reach out to the different speakers. You can go and reach out to the different board members. Um, But, you know, there really is something about, you know, being able to, being able to shake hands with, with another author, just to remind you that you're not alone in all of this. 
or even another person who's struggling to break through or, and has no idea where to go yeah is a great chance to do there and oh, i'll tell you i'll tell you george you've you've heard me talk about the nightmares that other writers have seen and i can almost picture myself going down that road the ones that fall into the um vanity press trap yes and yes. it they sometimes these vanity presses don't call themselves vanity presses that'd be too easy that's like that's like putting a little um red hourglass on the back of a spider on that mm-hmm. so they avoid it but vanity presses want you to pay for your work to get published and they do nothing for you and there's so many people there, there was one teenager i'm not going to mention her name love her to death and she had already had a work published in the vanity press one that was well known and the uh, owners went to prison for <laughs> but at the time in which she approached St. Louis Writers Guild she joined us and found out what had happened to her she was in the middle of a lawsuit to get her rights back for oh at least uh, seven years wow yeah wow yeah so that it's it's a scary road to go down and then I'm going to be honest, if I could, which I'm always honest, but if I, to be honest, use that term, if I had a nickel for every author or every potential author that I've run into that's gone down that road or started to go down that road, mm-hmm. I might be able to buy a house in Beverly Hills, California. Yeah, I can believe it. You know, I'm by being, I mean, we, we both have this experience, you know, like you, yeah. you've, you're currently president of the St. Louis Writers Guild. You've been it for a few years. I, you know, am happy to have had a term as president of the Missouri Writers Guild. So yeah, I definitely understand that. And something that, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that you, um, it, it's, it's a notch, it's a notch in your cap if you can help another author avoid those kinds of traps. And when you're in the kind of position that you know, that, uh, that you are now and that I have been, um, it's, it's a great feeling to have done that. It shows that you're doing your job yep. at, as the president of this guild. And so, um, so tell us about, you know, like that first time that you attended a meeting, like, what was it, you know, like, what was that sort of feeling like when you've got to actually experience being around other authors like that? It, well, in a word, it was amazing. Um, my first, I'm not sure if this was the first one or it definitely was in the first five. We had an agent that came in to talk to us. Mm-hmm. This agent, um, Grayson is the last name. I can't think of his first name to save my life right now. But anyway, he had a handout for us. And within two hours time, he had taught me more about how to write a story a fictional story in two hours time than any of my creative writing classes in high school or college ever talked on. Wow. And I sat back going, Oh my God, first off, no wonder, no wonder I'm not published. This is back then. Um, I had written a couple of uh, historical mysteries, short stories, which is not my main focus. And they've, they did, they got rejected and actually, one got rejected after about five, six months sitting out there, and the second one got rejected in the week. I got the rejection notice the next day after the first rejection notice. So, <laughs> um, wow, yeah, it's like okay, okay, they got the hint on that one. Yeah, 
but I had written a sci-fi, which that one I look back at going, yeah, that's also not going to see the light of day, but mm-hmm. I could go through and I took their chart, if you will. It was a diagram of how things should move. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. And applying that diagram to a later story is what got me published. So you were able to basically just kind of take everything that, that he, that he taught you and immediately put into action. Exactly. That's uh, that's something that uh, I know that, you know, like I've been, I've been guilty myself of being able to, of taking a lot of notes and getting really excited and everything, but then falling back into old habits on my very next thing. So uh, that's great that you were able to take that and apply it right away. That's that, you know, that's, that's great that you were able to do that. Um, so what happened, you know, like, so as, as you, you know, came aboard, you came aboard, you know, with, with the, uh, the board of the uh-huh. St. Louis, you started working with them. Um, and what happened, what was that moment like when they decided they were going to turn to you and just say, you're running the show now? Actually, I actually had two of those moments. I had to turn them down the first time. Really? <laughs> um, a job I was working at the time, well, I'm not going to go on air with it, but let's just say the hours were horrible. Yeah. George, you and I have talked about that before. Oh, yes. Off the mic. Oh, yeah. And let's just, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say this. The only guaranteed holidays out of the year I had was Martin Luther King Day. The next one was Thanksgiving. Oof. The only guaranteed weekends I had were about this, eh, into October. Yeah. During that time period. So October through January through up to Martin Luther King Day were guaranteed weekends. The rest were, you were lucky. Um, Anyway, so I turned them down at first and they went to another person and which is somebody who I recommended and who I was rooting for. That was Brad Cook. He did a fantastic job for three years as president. He still works in the background. He's still on the board. He still works on the background doing Herculaneum tasks. Yes, he um, is. Big shout out to, to Brad R. Cook, by the way. Amen. Somebody and you can find his books out there too. I'm going to go ahead and shout that out. Um, he was a member of Right Pack Radio as well. Um, he, I, I helped him as part of the board and he and I worked in partnership a lot. And then he came to me and I was like, okay, fine. I will take it. Cause he was burnt out on being president, mm-hmm. which leading a, leading any nonprofit organization, any volunteer organization, and you're not getting paid can wear you out. Yes. I knew that from, I was once a scoutmaster for boy scouts for several years and I knew what that was like, and I handed it off to a good leader, and it was, you, you do the same thing here. Right. And St. Louis Writers Guild grew to its largest, I think, under Brad, and we basically maintained underneath that because we got hit with the recession. Mm-hmm. So we kind of grew back up to where we were, and then we had, we've plateaued. But we've got eh, somewhere around 200 to 300 active members during and that time. You, and when you say active, you know, like this is – you know, like you mean very active because I, you know, like I see a lot of, a lot of people that are mm-hmm. involved in the field that are very, very enthusiastic that are showing up that are fit, that are filling every seat at the, uh, at the DePere Lodge. Yeah. Or the, in fact, for the workshops. Yeah. In fact, we recently moved, when well, I say recently, it's been now two years, three years, two years at, La, at, La, at Lodge DePere. 
um, that we've been there. Before that, we were at the community center in Kirkwood. We yep. were averaging at the Kirkwood community center, 20 to 30 people at any given workshop. Since we moved to Lodge de Pair, that blew up to an average of 50, 50 to 60 people. Yeah. Per workshop. I always have, I always have to find the seat. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's rough to find a seat. You know, like when you're showing up late to one of those, so it is. make sure you show up early because not only do you get a seat, but you also get an extra chance to network with everyone who's there and you don't want to turn that down. And I know we're probably going to get to this, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there anyway. One of the things that St. Louis Writers Guild does that anybody can come to is Gateway Con. Yes. The Gateway to Publishing yeah. Conference and Convention. It got started. We're now on, coming up on our third um, conference. Yep. It's actually really three conferences in one. You have a writer's conference with agents and publishers to pitch to, people both um the big bigger name professionals coming in to give workshops but we also have enlisted help from the other writing communities in st louis like st louis publishers association the missouri romance writers of america the um st louis chapter of the sisters in crime we also had last year was the midwest mystery writers of america we're not sure they're on board this year but if they want to be, they still are more than welcome. But all these people are, are showing off their skills. And we also had the St. The, ah, sorry. The <laughs> St. Louis Journalist Association. I, mm -hmm. I probably have their names wrong and they're going, if they ever get their hands on this podcast, I'm sure they'll write me up in the newspaper yelling at me. But I love you guys. Just the, It's not fun. The St. Louis Press Club. Thank right? you. Yes, the St. Louis Press Club. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. <laughs> anyway, yeah. St. Louis Press Club. Uh, they, I mean, I they were involved as well, and they we brought in some documentary films. In the writer's portion, it, we talk about all different kinds of writing, and it's open to everybody as far as if you're a newbie writer up to the one who's trying to get published and get your first one out there to those who have been out there and they want to pitch a new work to a different agent. That's all for you guys. That's it's, it's open. And we are, as George has said, everybody's a family, but if you're not a family member before you, before you're there, you're pretty much going to be by the time you leave. Then yeah. um, we have a writer's retreat. And with that, this free programming, all you have to do is stay in the hotel for two nights. Um, but we have it at, and it's just a bunch of write-ins, free activities. Um, you do get perks. And then on top of that, one of the biggest arguments we've had with other writing, with, sorry, not arguments, dissatisfactions we've had with other conferences that all of us have gone to is there's no place really to sell your book. There's, and if there is, when there is something, it's limited. You don't have a general public coming in. So we have a free book fair on top of that. So you don't have to be physically part in the conference. You can get a table and sell your book to the general public. And we try to get the general public there. And we ask the authors to keep tweeting and social media announcements. Hey, I'm going to be there. But to get the people in, but it's a free book fair to everybody who can come in. Mm -hmm. 
then we actually, I said we had three conferences. I lied. We have four conferences tied into one. <laughs> because last year was the first chance we had to do this. We've wanted to do it. And now this year is our second time doing it. And that is having a young writers conference in the book fair area that's free for the kids to come to, obviously the parents as well, and as a chance for kids to break into writing and to learn to sit down with an author and to know what it is, how to really write. And I, I don't want to throw teachers on the bus when I say that. Academic writing is one thing. Fiction or the pulps, the pulps, if you will, is a, it, I've learned is a different kind of writing, a different industry. Yeah. And school is great. They need to get all the basics of school in there. Mm-hmm. But there's but there's a school there's a school platform and they have to excuse the term base jump to the other one with all those skills in their backpack. Mm-hmm. And this is that other base they can jump to. Right. To and, help them and I, do, I do have to say that uh, the idea of putting the young um, the young authors section of Gateway Con in with the in the dealer's room where the where all the other where a lot of different authors have their tables set up where they have their books set up and everything to sell it's inspired that is an inspired idea because that created such a wonderful buzz throughout the whole area everyone was just charged up just by being able by, by having all this access to all these young readers and for the young, re- the young readers and young authors to have access to all of the authors sitting at their tables. Yes. That was, that was a tremendous, tremendous idea, and it did nothing but a positive thing overall for the whole conference. Gave it like an extra, just an extra oomph that made everyone really excited to be there. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. So with everything you have going on with your writing, with the St. Louis Writers Guild, with all the different things you've been doing with the whole St. Louis Writers community, that leads us to the decision to take what you've learned and take what other writers have learned and send it out there into the rest of the world in the form of a podcast. So I want to say like about five years ago, that was when Right Pack Radio was born. Now, I didn't really start until 2016, but at the same time, I've been, I've been a fan of the show more or less since the very beginning. So um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and tell 
uh, my listeners, our listeners, what uh, where Right Pack Radio really comes from. Well, Right Pack Radio came from a confluence of different ideas that just hit at the same time and just happened to hit perfectly. And I, and since you've been a fan of it from the early days, I'm going to say I'm sorry because we were really <laughs> in the first year or so we were really trying to figure out. Uh, trying to find our feet and figure out how we were actually doing what we were doing. <clears throat> um, right Back Radio was a leap of leap of faith. So let me start that off with that. And basically, I just shot an arrow into the dark, hoping that something would hit. Um, it started off first as the Right Pack, and this is before it became a podcast. <clears throat> and the Right Pack were a and still are. We're still together. We're a group of writers that get together once a week to do a write-in. And at that table, we'll bounce ideas off each other when we're stuck. Um, that was basically the main reason. We will um, sit there and support each other. And sometimes we'll get into nerdy talk. Um, other times, and I'll explain that in a second. Other times, and there's still, I, I had this picture somewhere. I was working on a murder mystery and we were at a coffee house one time, but on sadly this coffee house was closed and they had a wall that people could use as a chalkboard. And I remember I wrote out an entire murder board with everybody's help um, <laughs> as we were doing this mystery, as I was doing this mystery <clears throat> and in walks the barista <laughs> with my <laughs> coffee order and you just see her mouth drop like, uh, what did I just walk into? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's a sidebar. So we started off as a writing group. Now, <clears throat> the almost all, not completely all, but almost all of the Right Pack, who appeared on Right Pack Radio, by the way, are members of various writing organizations around the St. Louis area, professional writing organizations, uh, St. Louis Writers Guild, um, the local chapter of the Sisters in Crime, uh, the, oh, what's that children's writing group? The Society for Writers and Children. Oh, the uh, Squibby. It's uh, yeah. Society of Children Books, Children's Books, Writers and Illustrators. Thank you. And for some reason, they call it Squibby, even though that's not the correct you know, placement of the initials. But still, it's, right. it, it makes for a cute word. So Exactly. Yeah. So we've got all that, and we would get together, and I – Somehow, for some reason, I sat back and I was just kind of like a metaphysical situation. And I'm listening to the conversations and I got thinking, we've got all this knowledge of a writing industry. And some of us are newbies. Some of, these are, some of us are well-published. And at the same time as I'm having this kind of revelation, I was watching um, a day or two earlier, whatever, how time frame was, there's a TV show in St. Louis called Donnybrook, and it's on our public broadcasting system. It is nothing more than a group of reporters from different news agencies that sit down, have a much, a very boisterous roundtable conversation about what's going on in the news at that time. So I was watching that before the particular time at Right Pack Radio. And then I had also started listening to a podcast called Star Talk, which was with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hmm. Um, if you don't know who he is, which I'm totally shocked if you don't, but hey, 
he is the man for all, he's a science educator. He's an astrophysicist and he's probably to the general public best known for redoing cosmos as well as breaking every child's heart by reducing Pluto to a sub dwarf planet, to a dwarf planet rather than keeping it as a planet. Um, Sorry, Neil. I don't mean to throw you under the bus. I'm just throwing out there what you what you're known for. Although, if you although if he's listening, Neil, you know you're more than welcome to respond to this <laughs> under the bus throwing. And uh, yeah, I'm going to tag you in this, Neil, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, so listening to those two things and then listening to the right pack talk, I'm sitting back to myself going, "We've got all this information. Why are we not sharing it?" Because the writing industry has changed so much from the 20th century into the 21st century. And Right Pack Radio ended up covering a lot of that change. As, as we were on the air initially, the industry was changing. Um, just, it was an amazing event to see how that went. And we were like, let's just after I talked everybody into it, uh, we decided to go ahead and start airing it. We started um, recording in a bookstore, which unfortunately is gone now. And that was STL Books. Thank you, Robin Tice, for letting us be in there. And then eventually we moved from the bookstore into my home where I set up kind of a makeshift recording in, recording studio that everybody could sit around and project their project the conversation and we covered everything about the writing industry from how to be published from self-publishing to to being traditionally published how to pitch to agents and how to pitch to the public your stories to how to avoid the traps that are out there and it's just it's everything that you could ask for, but you would probably find in any of the writing magazines out there, any professional writing magazines out there, like Writer's Digest, The Writer, Poets and Writers, Publishers, Publishers, whatever it is, Weekly. Publishers Weekly, yeah. 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 We were covering the same stuff. Maybe not exactly the same month and time, but we were covering the same stuff. So yeah, that's how Write Pack got started. And there were some, there were some really, you know, I mean, there was there was consistently good work, you know, I want to say like throughout the five years, everyone was dialed into the subjects that were that were being that were being touched upon. And, um, and everyone was 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 giving their, their best interpretation of that particular subject, even though they weren't the strongest in that particular subject It all right. they were able to make it work. And it felt like a really good, fun conversation. And when I joined in 2016, that feeling was definitely heightened because I more often more often than not you know there are only a few times when I had to basically check in with the show via zoom um, but more often than not I was sitting there you know like in in your home and you and Melanie were very welcome you know very welcoming and um, made great hosts to have us all there and it became like this really great thing that I was always looking forward to every week to participating in. Um, were there any specific episodes that really kind of stuck out to you as just like, that's a home run. Like that's exactly what, you know, right pack radio is all about. Yeah, there were quite a few. Um, and 
I'm going to throw out a couple of them, and that's so much because they were super home runs, but because of what we ended up covering. Um, Bob, there was a couple episodes with Bob Baker on there. Mm -hmm. um, he is a guru of self-marketing. He is very much behind. As far as I'm concerned, he is the proverbial father of the independent motion, uh, the independent artist, empowered artist movement. And he's a writer, he's a musician, he's a comedian, he's a painter as well. And he's always out there, he's pushing the artists in the local area to reach out to the community. And he's actually, it's not just the community, he is now, he's been pretty much hit, hit up around the country, around the United States for mm -hmm. his expertise. And he's always like, you got to get out there. You got to promote yourself and so forth. And this was a entire episode and we've had it a couple of different times about empowering, powering the artist as well as promote promoting your work. And a lot of writers just, Hey, we're all introverts. <laughs> I mean, for yeah. most part, there, there might be a few exceptions to that rule, but we're all introverts and we tend to be the people that are sitting in the background watching and listening rather than pushing ourselves forward. And he's very much about pushing us forward. Then we also had a conversation with Angie Fox, lover to death. And it was an interesting conversation. It was supposed to be about paranormal romance and it evolved into a discussion on the industry and an ev and a revolution or rather an evolution of a writing industry. Let me take us back a little bit to explain what I'm going to talk about. Let's, let me take you back to 1980s pre-internet or at least pre-internet being spread across like it is now if you were wanting to be published and you wanted to promote your career the only real path was traditional publishing which means for those who are who have no knowledge of a writing industry this means you pitched your work to an agent or perhaps a small publisher directly the big publishers did not take them um, you pitched it to an agent. The agent would turn around, try to get their agency to buy into your book, assuming they liked your pitch, by the way. Mm -hmm. Then the agency would select whose works they were going to then turn around and pitch to the big houses who would then turn around and actually publish your book. Now, that's really simplifying it. And this is why a book would sometimes take two to three years to get onto the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the invention of the internet, self-publishing or indie publishing starts to take off, but not at first. Even though with the indie publishing, it was still seen as a pariah. Yeah. If you were an indie published author back in the, all the way up to the, I'm just throwing a, a dart into a, into a calendar to pick a date. It's probably plus or minus three years in this, but I'm gonna call it 2010. Just to make mm -hmm. this. Actually, I'm going to say 2008. I take it back. I've got a reason for that. So about that time, you could become a indie published author. You're publishing yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can actually start to make a living and start to have a real career. But it was still, there was still some pariah aspect to that, even at later date. Well, in 2008, we had a recession. And is in the, not only in the United States, but around the world. Mm -hmm. And out of that, in the United States itself, we went from the, 
big eight publishers, which by the way, previous recessions had dwindled those down to that eight to where we're now down to the top five publishers, Oof. which allowed that. And this is, this is the time ballpark when Penguin House, Penguin and Random House were merging. Right. Um, Dol Dolchester, I can't, that's not the correct pronunciation. Another Dor house. Dorchester? Thank you. Yeah. Um, which Andy Fox had been a part of had gone out of business and left Ooh. all their authors hanging. Um, <clears throat> this was a very anxious time in the writing industry. And even pre this, Amazon, which is known now as a big supporter of the indie published for you know, that like them or hate them they've been the gateway for all these indie publishers to get out there um at before this they were saying even then hey if you're indie published you're kind of giving yourself a kiss of death right okay so at this time period as i'm kind of breaking this in you had two choices of paths that you could choose to follow you could either go traditional or you go indie, but never the tween will meet. Mm -hmm. You were one or the other. Well, Angie Fox, I'm not sure she was the first one or not. She definitely was in the early wave. She became a hybrid because her original series, uh, which I love to death, the Accidental Demon Slayers, Accidental Demon Slayer series, um, she had to get those rights back to have her book. And she went through a whole, she went through hell to get, get it back from Dorchester. Um, but she ended up becoming a hybrid author where she was self-publishing and she was still traditionally publishing and her, what she was able to create with herself and her, and through her work and this audience she had, she's able to demand, maybe demands the wrong word, but she's able to demand more on the traditional publishing range than on than she would otherwise normally have been able to. And she's got this choice now of going, hmm, do I want this to be in someone else's control or do I want this in my control? I can seem to be able to sell. Can I sell this more this way or that way and so forth? And yes, I know, I'm sorry, I'm probably breaking everybody's heart about the writing industry being all about art, right about the art and not about the business. I'm sorry, there's a huge business aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And if you're a starving writer, there's a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you got to get the business part down as much as you may hate me for saying that. So she brought that, that entire conversation going all the way back to what I was talking about at the initial is we evolved that episode from paranormal romance to talking about this entire new aspect of publishing, which was traditional mm -hmm. versus indie versus hybrid. Yeah. And then another another one we had, Melanie, who's my wife, and I met a couple. This was at BoucherCon in, in Long Beach, California. BoucherCon, for those who don't know where it is, is a convention that moves around the country. And I also want to say it goes around the world, at least to, it's gone to Canada, and I think it's gone to England, but don't hold me to that last part. I definitely know Canada. I wanted to go and I missed it. Um, it is a convention for fans of mystery and thrillers, as well as a writer's conference in many ways for that same genre. And I met 
um, the Leggetts, um, who were creating at the time, they had already launched their company, but they were creating what's called One More Story. And One More Story is, if you grew up with Choose Your Own Adventures, mm-hmm. basically it's a virtual storytelling that's not dissimilar from that. And we had um, these, we had this couple come on to our show a couple of times, actually. And they, we interviewed them about what, what one more story was. Now, why is this important to the writing industry? They were looking for writers to, to tell the stories, to write these stories. Mm-hmm. So it became another avenue beyond your traditional concept of, let me just write a short story. Let me write a poem. Let me write a novel. Here came another avenue that writers could plug into. Right. And one more story took off. Oh my God, it take off, especially when they signed on. And I knew they had signed this on when we were interviewing them. We just could not let the cat out of the bag. So we kept <laughs> dancing around it. But they mm-hmm. signed on Charlene Harris. Now, for those who don't know who Charlene Harris is by name, I'm sure everybody out there has heard of a TV show, True Blood. And she's the one who wrote the novels that became the TV show, True Blood. Sorry, True Blood. So they ended up taking off, and it took off. We watched them from being a small company who was struggling to now they have been invited and have spoken on TED Talks. They have been invited as main speakers or big-time speakers to um, Comic-Con in San Diego. They have been invited to talk at gaming conventions in, in Mumbai, yeah, Mumbai, I almost called it Mumbai, that's incorrect, Mumbai, and others. They, they're seen as now leaders in the gaming industry because of what they created. And, and there was a new platform for authors to be able to sell work into as well as readers to go in there and to actually play the books they wanted to read. Kind of a weird way of saying that. And, I, and Right Pack Radio ended up covering the blossoming of this new part of the industry. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's some of the ones why I really, you, you asked me what ones stick out. Those are some of the ones because it's what we ended up covering Yeah, by a complete accident. And just watching the industry evolve over five years is amazing. And those were real crucial five years too, because we got, you know, like you said, um, we got to see, firsthand really like we got to see how self-publishing became um evolved from this pariah that it was all the way through a natural part of the industry to the point where you know where self-publishing books are being looked at at the new york on for the new york times bestseller list yeah Uh, and it's it's really amazing to see that growth because i remember back in 2001 i picked up the book uh, that was called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Publishing Science Fiction. And that, um, throughout the book, there's one, basically like maybe two paragraphs that are dedicated to self-publishing. And they're saying, basically, don't do it. You yeah. will wreck your career. This, will, you know, this is the last stop for anyone who, uh, who, who would ever consider themselves to be taken seriously. You know, at that point, um, any sort of like self-publishing packages were confined to ex libris who yeah. would call you at three o'clock in the morning and try to sell you their two thousand dollar package 
And, you know, like, and those packages always looked horrendous. They looked like they were self-published. Yeah. And um, it was, it was, uh, it was just a real drag, you know, to, to look at that. I felt so, I, I, my, I, I felt, I remember feeling just like my skin was like crawling after I put myself on their mailing list and was subjected to their calls and going through their catalog. I'm just like, I want no part of this. Like, this looks, this looks terrible. Um, and then jump ahead to 2008 where they come out with the complete idiot's guide to self-publishing. So it, it was already kind of making that jump. It was already kind of, you know, in the process of making that jump into something that looked viable. And the real, the real key factor, um, I know a lot of people like to pick on Amazon for a lot of the different things that they do or don't do, but it was Amazon that brought the Kindle to everyone. And that became the main venue for all the self-published work. Now, the problem now is that, you know, the self-publishing market is, uh, it's pretty saturated to the point where you really have to be a, you know, like a hell of a curator to kind of pick and choose what will go on your Kindle because there's so many people that are out there that use the, um, they use national national novel writing month to write their one draft of a novel and then publish right away because it's so easy. Mm, um, yes. And you know, like, and th there's, those are topics that are discussed in right back radio, which I really love. And I love the fact that we have, that, that we have brought back Right Pack Radio in this, in this great format, which we will discuss later. Mm -hmm. um, but the, um, I remember, you know, like I remember the Bob Baker marketing episode was fantastic. Um, I highly recommend everyone check that out. I highly recommend any episode in Right Pack Radio that has to do with social media because you learn so much from doing, from from basically like hearing all the different mistakes that were made, all the different pitfalls that were made. And it's so wonderfully educational and entertaining as hell to really dive into that. And a big one that I really want to throw out there is one that I believe um, our fellow author, Lee Savage, was, uh, was a played a pivotal role in getting up there. And that was Authors Behaving Badly. Um, we had, uh, well, you had, I, I hadn't joined the show yet, but right. you had um, MR Sellers uh, mm -hmm. call in and he told these amazing horror stories, really, of oh, yeah. all different readers that were, um, that were not, that, that were behaving in a way that you really should not. And also putting, uh, putting the spotlight on different authors that are going about conventions and conferences and agent pitching and everything the wrong way the absolute wrong way um anything that has to do with conventions and conferences and um retreats you know like those those episodes are a blast i strongly recommend I mean, they're really i mean i sound like a fan really but at the same time that's how i started i started re you know like listening to you guys and was thrilled when i was given the opportunity to join in and um, I noticed that, you know, like after I joined in, that's when my listening of the show kind of, you know, took a wane because I myself am not the biggest fan of my own voice. <laughs> so Isn't that I've already voice actors? It really is. It, it, re it really is. And, um, and that must mean that I'm doing something right if, that, if that's the case. So, yeah. so with that in mind, um, mm -hmm. you go through these, you know, these five years of, of Right Pack Radio. Um, they eventually uh, run their course and... But at the same time, what you decide to do with this, with these, with these shows is fantastic because the last thing that 
anyone want. I definitely can speak for myself. Last thing I wanted to see was for all this great material to just go away. Um, so when, uh, when we were talking originally back in 2018 at the St. Louis Writers, uh, Writers Guild Conference, mm -hmm. um, Gateway Con, we were, I was talking about uh, wanting to create my own podcast, to kind of just kind of spin off from Right Pack Radio and commit to doing a show that I can do from the privacy of my own home and be able to put the spotlight on different creative people that have not yet been given the credit that they deserve. And uh, while I was discussing this with you, the one thing I didn't really have was a name for the show. And that's when you came up with it. Uh, we were, we just happened to be sitting in the dealer's room um, and we looked, you know, you looked over at my, um, my wonderful banner that uh, my publisher, Aloris Publishing uh, supplied for me. And you saw that at the bottom of Excelsior, it says book one in the Excelsior journey. So you said, how about the Excelsior journey? Now I was able to take that and make it Excelsior journeys. So that way it's more plural and you know, it's really kind of like an infinite number there. Um, but that, this was originally going to be the Right Pack Radio podcasting network with Right Pack Radio being the flagship show on every, you know, airing every Sunday. And then Excelsior Journeys would you know, go on every Tuesday and we would fill other spots in our schedule with other shows um, and getting other people possibly from Right Pack Radio to, to get involved. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like we're still in progress with that, but at the same time, as life tends to do, life tends to uh, give us some new challenges. And so all of a sudden, we've taken the other name that you had adopted uh, called Winding Trails Media. Now, where did Winding Trails Media itself, that name, come from? Well, let me back up a little bit more than that. Um, right Pack Radio came out before Winding Trails Media. Uh, we started off first with Right, with right Pack Radio. And... As uh, I want to say, at least three years into it, maybe f four years into it, I can't, you know, three years. I always had a love for radio dramas. Actually, my first love of radio dramas was accidentally catching episodes on campouts of Star Wars, a radio drama. Yes, mm -hmm. for those of you who are Star Wars fans and did not know it existed, there are radio dramas for Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And they're damn good, too. Oh, yeah. They were written with Brian Daly in, in conjunction with LucasArts. And um, the sound effect guy, Ben Burt from LucasArts, is all over the episodes as well. And some of the stars, not all of them, but some of the stars are also in those, are in those shows. Star Wars itself, I want to say, was like 11 hours of audio play. About, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... That got me interested in radio dramas. I was like, I want to create a network, not only of Right Pack Radio, but also I was going to do Winding Trails Media um, or Winding Trail Theater, and which didn't take off the first time around. I ran into a lot of pitfalls, and would and actually where those pitfalls were were not where I expected them to be at. So I closed it down for now. Keyword for now. Mm -hmm. um, but as I was coming up with a concept, the term winding trails came out as I was trying to think of a company name. And my wife and I were driving and we were driving on a road that's here in St. Louis County that is kind of windy. And it's one I like to drive anyway. Um, and somehow the, the concept of that winding road ended up transforming into winding trails. 
And after a Google search there, I was able to find that nobody, nobody really had told, taken the name Winding Trails as a company name. So Winding Trails Media. There were a couple out there of Winding Trails, like Winding Trails Realtors or something like that. But Winding Trails Media did not exist. So I stole it and created it. And then what concept of it back then was to create an entire network not only a podcast, but to go beyond podcasts. And we'll see where this goes eventually. I don't want to let all the cats out of the bag, but the goal was to create a podcast network as part of it, as a main part of it, which would have Right Pack Radio. It would have some other shows, like eventually we've got talking where we would have Excelsior Journeys. Yep. And we would have a radio play on a weekly or at least a monthly basis, come on. Well, for reasons which I'm not going to go into, we we closed Right Pack Radio. It just it finally ran its course, as all things all good things must come to an end. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking, and we were just decided let's transfer, let's do this Winding Trails Media Podcast Network. Right. And we've taken off since then. That was a decision made. Oh, January, and this is now April yep. of the same year, 2019. Yeah, we're and, getting close. <laughs> yeah, and we've got your show. We've got one, actually, you helped me name, um, yep. called Exploration Beyond, which is about exploring um, your, your universe, your world, and yourself, searching out your boundaries and finding ways to explode past them. Then we have... Um, Another gentleman, you've told me that's coming on board as well. I'll let you talk about him in a moment. Mm-hmm. We have right now, tentatively, um, LaShonda Hoffman, who is a fabulous motivational um, person as far as when trying to promote your work and trying to promote yourself out there. She is behind the social butterfly movement, as I call it. And that's actually her phrase, of social butterflies, getting your stuff out there. Um, we're going to have her show syndicated as well, and I might try to talk to her into moving her live show over to us as well. That's still in discussion. Um, nothing, nothing firmed up yet on that, but we know she's on board. It's just now we've got to do all the firming up. And we've got also Lee Savage, who was on Right Back Radio. She's an erotic romance writer. She'll be joining, but we're going to create a whole nother channel that is... Um, I think you've termed it best is Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network is all about discovering your passion. You mean Winding Trails Media? Right. Winding Trails, what did I call it? Right Pack Radio, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Shoo. Sorry, habit. Um, Winding Trails Media Podcast Network <laughs> is going to be all about finding your passion. And Winding Trails Entertainment is yep. going to be about exploring your passion or yeah, what is your passion? You what know, is what, it's, it's like kind of, you know, enjoying it, you know, just yeah. you know, indulging yourself in it. You know, that's, you know, exactly. so what is, you know, like, so, you know, if people have, you know, like any sort of passion about, about film, about television, about, about books or whatever, you know, they get to discuss that on Widening Trails Entertainment. They get to do reviews. They get to do um commentaries they get to do you know like uh breakdowns of of different things they get to it's going to be a blast i'm really looking forward to kind of putting the word out there about uh winding trails entertainment because that's really that was really kind of birthed 
last week um, at this at yeah. this time. So it was really just kind of feeling like um, we, you know, like there's, I've even, I'd even gotten like a, a question from someone saying that, uh, you know, would you want to, you know, do a sports show? And the way I originally, you know, like it didn't really fit in the Winding Trails media, but for Winding Trails Entertainment, hey, if it's your passion, yeah. why not? You know, like exactly. why not go for it? You know, like let's see what happens there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where Winding Trails Entertainment will go because the sky is really the limit with that. Um, you know, everyone can, everyone has some great options for Winding Trails Media to listen to all these great people that talk about, um, that are all about, you know, like helping you find your passion. What is it that's going to drive you? Right. And um, like you said, we also have, uh, we have a colleague from my uh, 411mania.com days, Tony Farinella. He's decided he wanted to get into podcasting after hearing my show. So um, I'm thrilled to, uh, with the fact that he wants to be involved with this network. And he's got a great fit too, because he can go right into, um, can go right into what he calls uh, his tough love podcast. Basically like he is going to talk with all, you know, different people that have overcome different things in their lives that have been able to kind of not use anything that was afflicting them, anything that was holding them back as any sort of excuse and pushing through it and achieving what they wanted. So um, it's, it's a kind of like a next level version of Excelsior journey. So I'm really looking forward to seeing um, kind of like this double shot of Excelsior journeys and, uh, and Tony's, tough love, whatever he wants to call it. I'm not even sure what the final title will be, but that's actually not a, not too bad of a title on its own. So uh, we'll see what, uh, we'll see where, where the future brings, but I'm super excited about this. So, um, so uh, what were, um, what were your thoughts and everything like about where, where Winding Trails Media can go? Like in, you know, like you already know how excited I am, but you know, like I'm, I'm curious to see like, uh, you know, are, you know, like how, how pumped are you for, for all of this and what do you see happening in the near future for winding trails? It's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting discovery of where we go. Yeah. I'm going to borrow um, from JJ Abrams. I saw a Ted talk with him and he's talking about um, as he writes, he thinks of what he's writing as a mystery box. Now he needs, I need to explain something. He bought, when he was a kid, when he was with his grandfather, I think is how the story goes. Sorry, sorry, JJ, if I can goof up your story. Um, but anyway, he bought at a magic house for some, a magic store. He bought this thing called a magic box. It was supposedly a certain amount of magic for less cost or whatever it was. He never opened the box. It always sits in his office. Hmm. And he looks at that box and thinks about that as whenever he's writing a story, it's like, I'm actually don't know where the story's going to go, but I'm going to open mentally open this box and I'm going to explore and see where it goes. And that's really what Winding Trails Media is going to be. Where I'd like to see it go ultimately is a series of podcasts, both down both channels, where we have podcasts every day, new topics, different people, and possibly. Okay, here's here's my pie in the sky. I'm shooting an arrow at Saturn on this one. <laughs> a couple hours of podcasts each day, not just one show a day. Yeah, two, maybe three mm -hmm. a day, or even more. And also being able to have 
works published under Winding Trails Media as a publisher. Also music. So I talked about the Winding Trails Theater, which I gave a hint. We're going to be bringing that back um, thanks to George's help as well. We're going to eventually get some, we're overcoming what we learned from the pitfalls. And let me stop myself for a second. I am very much a believer and acceptor of failure. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is I learn more from every time I fall flat on my face than I do from every one of my successes. And to borrow from a Japanese phrase, fall seven, fall seven times, stand up eight, or fall six times, stand up seven, whatever that number is, that's how you continue on to success. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. And then you're going to have to find a way to push yourself back up and keep going. And that's just the, that's the situation of Winding Trails Theater. I failed. I admit I failed. But, oh, did I learn some, some important lessons that now I can take and move on and create the Winding Trails Theater of eventually becoming. Mm -hmm. um, so having audio podcasts. And then, as before, having audio shows. The music that would go into those, we're, tr we're eventually hoping to have people compose, would be something else Winding Trails Media would be able to sell and support the artists who are creating the music. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like people buy television show soundtracks. People buy movie soundtracks. I'm guilty. I do Me too. It. Me too. I'm and, happily guilty. <laughs> and so same concept. So you enjoyed this podcast. You enjoyed a series of radio plays. Here's the music to it that you can get and mm -hmm. enjoy it in the background. So yeah, that's, that's the ultimate avenue that's going and all of this i don't care i know it's a business so of course like any business we want to make a profit that's yeah. out okay i admit mm -hmm. to it but the real goal is to help other people achieve yeah anytime yeah. in which i'm told like yourself you you you've told me yourself that right pack radio helped move you in your writing career to where you went from indie published to being able to be represented by Alors Publishing, and yep. and you had an agent, if I remember right. And and I got and I got an agent afterwards. I got it actually last September. So yeah, there we go. Like all of that happened. All, not, none of that happens without Right Back Radio, because you guys were the ones that gave me the confidence to push forward on it. Every time I hear one story about that, that's the real profit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, man. And I am so excited for the possibilities of what lies ahead with us, with Winding Trails Media, with Winding Trails Entertainment. Um, it's it's exciting. And uh, just so anyone, you know, just in case anyone is um, looking to get into the podcasting game, but is not sure exactly how to do it, we can help you with that mm -hmm. because uh, the main thing is is that we have open slots. Uh, for four shows. So if you have a show that's been kind of like burning a hole in your soul and wanting to get out there, whether it's, whether it's something that fits in the Winding Trails media mold or whether it fits in the Winding Trails entertainment mold, whichever one it is, let us know. 
um, you know, we would love to hear about it. And um, I've given my email address out here many times. I'll give it again. Set, you know, let me know. I'm at George H. Soroy, S-I-R-O-I-S, at gmail.com. And the great thing about us, and I can, you know, definitely say, you know, say this is a big thing, is that um, we have we have basically subscribed to the same mold that Image Comics did when they were bringing in creators because the only things that we would basically you know technically own is the name Winding Trails Media, and that's pretty much it. So all we require from you is just you know like the you know either uh, you know like about four dollars to keep the Podbean show going every month mm-hmm. for two dollars to keep the website going every month, right. and you do that. And any other subscription, any other, um, say, sponsorships you get from other people to get put on your show, that's your money. We don't want it. It's, it's money that you earned to get that out there. So by all means, go ahead and, and you know, do that. Scorch the earth with your show. And because what you're going to do is it's going to get everyone noticed. So... Uh, you are basically just, you're doing your part to not only help yourself succeed, but also help all of us at Winding Trails Media succeed. Because if you succeed, we all succeed. And mm-hmm. I am really psyched to uh, to hopefully hear from uh, from some of you. And I'm looking forward to this whole venture. So uh, put this on your calendar, folks, because uh, on se- on uh, seven at 7 o'clock on Central Time, on Saturday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, we are, um, yes, Star Wars Day. It just seems right with us, with us nerds. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are having a pre-launch party online. And there's going to be more information about that on the Winding Trails Media Facebook page, as well as windingtrailsmedia.com. And on Sunday, May 5th, that is when Winding Trails Media network is officially on the air and it will be documented with the first episode of right pack radio that is going right yep that that uh that we're going to be going right out of the gate and then uh whatever show happens on monday will happen on, on monday and then tuesday is another episode of excelsior journeys and so on and so forth so we got plenty of spots like i said before we're so looking forward to hearing from you guys um before we wrap things up david let our listeners know where they can find you most certainly and before i actually do that i'm going to change a word a phrase you used i love the idea of scorching the earth but you know what we're really doing we're sowing the earth there you go we're putting out we are and this is anybody who's joining winding trails down the line you bring your podcast to us will help you get going. But the idea is you're sowing the earth for other people to grow and to break beyond their boundaries. You want them to explode beyond those boundaries. So with that, um, you can find me on my website right now, which needs to be redone, but it's <laughs> www.davidallenlucas.com. You can find Winding Trails Media. The website is right now in transition. So at the time of this airing, you won't find it yet probably, but soon they're at. Hopefully by May 4th, I'm working to get that done, is windingtrailsmedia.com. You can also find me all over, um, and Winding Trails Media, all over Facebook, Twitter, 
Um, you can find me particularly LinkedIn and Instagram. So we're out there. Yep. Yes. And we are so looking forward to, um, oh, to the, yes. Before I forget, you talked about um, Gateway Con and we didn't talk about Brad Cook, but I'm sorry, yeah. Brad, but anyway, um, yeah, just yeah, just as a, a a special nod, you know, like one of the one of the main guys that's really in, that was really instrumental in Right Pack Radio and also with the St. Louis Writers Guild. Yes, um, as a, as a previous president and also I current believe he's currently the historian, right? Correct. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he uh, Brad R. Cook is is a hell of a a hell of a man for one thing, and he's also a hell of an author because he's got. Uh, um, he has the um, he has a steampunk uh, trilogy called uh, the Iron Horseman, mm-hmm. and he has uh, the three books are the Iron Horseman, the Iron Z- Iron Zulu, and the Iron Lotus. Correct. And um, he's really made a name for himself in the steampunk community, especially here in St. Louis. And uh, he's been he's been really instrumental in getting a lot of people prepared for um, for getting themselves um, ready to pitch to agents. Um, you know, he's been, he's, he's very, he's very, uh, he's very important when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, doing that, because what he's doing is he's doing something that, that not many conventions really do. A lot of conventions tend to kind of throw people right out into the deep end and see if they sink or swim. He's giving you the floaters to actually be able to stay afloat and know what you're doing and also to avoid what not to do when you're pitching agents. So kudos to you, Brad. And I um, hope that uh, hope that in time, uh, if your schedule allows you, you join with us on, on this little venture because we um, it def- we definitely uh, benefit from having you here. And reason I bring them up and reason I bring up gateway con, we are going to have one more episode of right back radio which we're going to do right pack radio live at gateway con gateway con in St. Louis is a writer's conference, a writer's retreat and a book fair. So more to come check out stlwritersguild.org for more information. You'll find it out there. And hopefully if you're a writer, you'll come because as you just said, Brad puts on this great, um, workshop about pitching and not to toot any horns or anything, but I'm going to toot them. The very first gateway con we had, um, agents come out to us and tell us, I can't use their names. I, I'm not allowed to, but off for record, they told us that they had accepted more manuscripts at their pitch sessions at our, at gateway con than they had at any other conference because of that workshop the, the authors knew what they were doing there you go there you go i mean that's it really it really doesn't get any better than that so um you know like we are you know we're all about preparing people in any way that we can whether it's in person over at a convention or a writing workshop or on the air with winding trails media uh we want to we want to help you all succeed and we are so looking forward to um, to the next step in making all this happen. So um, thank you all for, for listening. Thank you all for being a part of Excelsior Journeys as, as a whole. And if you really enjoyed this, please go ahead and give us a subscribe. Please give us a comment. Please give us a like. Share the episode. Whatever you need to do to get us out there um, because we really appreciate 
your ability in getting us to a wider audience. So. Oh, and I forgot to mention, George, before you go away, we yes. are going to set up a Patreon. Uh, we're actually not setting up Patreon, but we're setting up a subscription service, which Winding Trails Media will have special things for those who subscribe. And yep. if you do have a podcast on either Winding Trails Media or Winding Trails Entertainment, the all the money from page from I'm calling it a Patreon, all the subscribe all the subscriptions gets equally distributed. Huge thanks to everybody for uh, for listening. Thank you all for being a part of of Excelsior Journeys, and for my uh, partner and friend David Allen Lucas. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. We'll see you next week. <laughs>